Growing up, I never gave any thought to what my wedding might be like. I knew that I wanted to find the love of my life and marry them. But as for a big ceremony in which I'd be the centre of attention all day, an event for which I'd have to plan all sorts of stuff I don't care about, that both terrified and depressed me. One solution shone brightly above the horizon. Elopement. Just me, him, and afterwards, cake. There will definitely be cake. But enough about me. This isn't my story. It's Rachel's. And Rachel is getting married at a proper wedding ceremony to someone we're calling B. I actually have recorded myself. It sounds terrible. That's Rachel. I spoke to her in November last year. When did you record yourself? Or like sometimes I'll record it when I'm saying stuff to him. BJ, you gonna see it? That's a good boy. Are you gonna drop? Good boy. BJ, are you gonna go swimming? What's that? No, no, no. What's this? <laughs> BJ, where's Eric? Are you gonna go swimming with Eric? With Eric? Eric's his cousin. He's a Jack Russell. <laughs> You're listening to Love Canberra, a show about love, sex, and relationships here in the heart of the nation. I'm Ivana Ho. Rachel and B met in February 2009 during orientation week for the University of Canberra. They were out in Belconnen at a traffic light party. Now a traffic light party, in case you're unfamiliar, requires attendees to dress in the colour of their romantic and sexual availability. He was wearing green. So B, wearing green, was showing that he was single. I was wearing orange. And Rachel, wearing orange, was available, but having taken the advice of her friend, chose (laughs) not to wear green so she wouldn't appear slutty. Or slatternly, as my year 11 English teacher used to say. And I saw him in the line at the bar and I asked him if he was friends with someone else that I knew and he said yes. And when you went up to him, was that just like a pickup line? Were you just looking for something to say or were you genuinely curious about whether you had this mutual friend? Well, I'll be honest with you. So this mutual friend that we had, I wanted to make more friends before I started at university. I still had no idea how to get around the campus and I wanted to have people that I could call who would be on campus that could come and help me if I got lost. And he was standing with another group of guys that this mutual friend had been talking to. And so I then just made the connection that he must have known them. Um, And so, yeah, I just went up and and I said, hi, you're friends with such and such. And he said yes and kind of just went from there, the conversation. Did you like him immediately or did you just think of him as a potential person to help you get out of trouble? (laughs) Like I thought he was cute, but he really didn't talk to me at all like he he was spending time with us but he wasn't saying much and I thought to myself gee this does he even speak like all all he said to me was 
hi, I'm B, and I said, hi, I'm Rachel. And there wasn't really a lot of conversation there. You just didn't talk much. I talk enough for the both of us anyway, but. <laughs> B, according to Rachel, remembers a slightly different version of events. He will say that he was talking, um, but like, I don't remember much. I had been to a pub crawl beforehand, um, but my memory of it is that he, he wasn't really talking a lot. Yeah. So when did you guys start to become friends and become more than friends? So that night I said, you know what? You seem like a nice guy. I'm going to grab your number with the whole intention of if I get lost at uni, I can call you because you're there full time and you'll be there most of the week. Um, and the next day he sent me a text and he asked me how my night was. And I thought, this is really weird. He didn't really talk to me, but we got texting and then there was another O week event that was happening um, and we caught up there. And then it was after that one that he sent me a text and asked me to go to the movies. Rachel couldn't recall the movie they saw, but she does remember that she had a really bad cold, which made things a bit uncomfortable. My throat was really hurting, so we, we were trying to talk before and after the movie and my throat was really sore. But when you first meet someone and you start hitting it off, all I wanted to do was listen and talk and share things. And it, it was really frustrating because I did have such a bad cold. My throat was hurting so bad. Um, but luckily he didn't hold that against me. <laughs> From there, I think we went on a picnic to uh, um, Thawa, is it? Yeah, so we drove out there, had a picnic. Then we went um, ice skating because he used to do ice hockey when he was younger um, and I was terrible and he was just doing laps of the rink and I'm like, I'll just stay on the wall over here. <laughs> um, and then after that, he very formally asked me to be his girlfriend and then I said no, um, but then I thought about it and then thought, well, why not? I like him, he's nice. Five years on, Rachel and B bought and moved into an apartment together, which she described as the first big step in their relationship. But it was a good step because we were spending a lot of time at each other's houses and as you know, when you become an adult, it gets very cramped with other adults in the house. So it was really nice to have our own space. And even though it wasn't, it wasn't a huge apartment, but it was, it was our space and we were really excited. And it still kind of feels like I'm just living with my best friend. It seems like a big step though, to go from just sort of staying at each other's houses to buying a place together. Mm, it is, you know, perhaps you could have, could have rented, but that's, we had talked about it a lot and we wanted to purchase the apartment. So when we were paying money, we were paying off the mortgage. Um, being able to stay at home allowed us to save for a deposit. Um, we both had really great parents who said, you know, yep, you can live here. Just buy your own food, you know, save for your house. I kind of feel like if you know, you know. If you've got any reservations, probably don't go there. But I, I didn't feel... I had any reason to be concerned about taking on such a big responsibility and he didn't, he also felt the same way. So that happened and we moved in. 
So when you went from just staying in each other's houses to living together, were there some things that you learned about B that surprised you? Uh, so he didn't know how to wash his own clothes. And his argument was <laughs> that his mum wanted to save water when he was living at home. And I asked her and she said that was a lie. <laughs> so um, he has since he's really good at washing now, which is fine. Um when you live with someone in such close quarters, you tend to start noticing little habits that piss you off a little bit. Um, he also doesn't like using a dishwasher. He, he just flat out refused to use the dishwasher because he kept saying it's too much energy, it's too much water, and we don't have enough plates and cutlery. Fair enough, but we probably do dishes about two or three times a day because we have to do morning and then afternoon and then all the lunch stuff. And still, after living together for all this time, he still won't use a dishwasher. He hand washes everything. So that, that was a bit annoying. Um, but aside from that, n not, not a lot more about what I've learned about him since living with him. Is B quite different from any other guy that you've previously dated? He is very kind. Um, he's very kind. He's very genuine. He's very down to earth. He's not like anyone I've ever met before. He's just, he's a perfect fit. Like it's whatever, you know, whatever I lack, he kind of brings to the relationship, I guess. Um, and he, he's a real people person. People really gravitate towards him. And he is very caring. He does care a lot about people and he cares a lot about me. Um, and so he's always been a great ear to listen to me. And he's always been 100% supportive of whatever I've wanted to do. He's always just been of the belief that if that's what you want to do, I will support you 100% as long as you'll commit to the very end. And he has wholeheartedly stood by that and can he continues to do that um so I think that's that's something that sets him apart is that he has supported me and he has cared and we do that for each other we're each other's cheerleaders and we always support each other and are there if things go wrong and also there to celebrate if things go right it's very 50 50 and I think that's what's been different for me so you mentioned that the two of you really complement each other and he kind of makes up for certain things and you do the same for him. You guys are quite different people, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, very different. So I'm a bit of a grump, let's be honest. <laughs> Sometimes I don't always see the positive side of things. He will always bring a positive element in. Sometimes if I'm mulling over something and I don't know quite how to get past it, he will always come in with a new perspective and it will always... I'll always just go, that, that's why I'm with you. And it also helps me overcome challenges. So, yeah. And you're quite different in terms of what you're interested in as well? Yeah, so I am very into um, makeup and beauty. So I've got my, my own little business that, that I've just started. And I also love writing fiction. So um, rural stories with a bit of romantic elements. And B loves he loves CrossFit and he loves working out and well actually he, he really loves that <laughs> that's one of his biggest passions but 
yeah, that's those are the sort of things that we're interested in. And and we I think for the first couple of years of the relationship, I just thought we had to do everything together about a couple of years ago because we've been together for seven and a half years. A couple of years ago, I realized it's actually okay for him to go off and do what he wants to do, spend time with friends, go and see his brother, go work out, and I can do my things. You know, I can hang out with my dog, take him for a walk, do some writing, do my nails, that kind of thing. And I think it's about having that really good balance. So I think in that way, we we understand and we respect that we need time apart, but we also cherish the time that we have together as well. So do you think that you guys are spending too much time together in the beginning? No, because I think that when you start a relationship, it's all about all you want to do is get to know that person. You want to know more about them. You want to know how their day was. You want to just know everything. And we would be on the phone sometimes for hours and hours just talking about stuff. And I think in the beginning, you do just want to get to know that person. And now I feel we, well, we know most of, most of what we need to know about each other. And I think that when you've had a really long week, sometimes you just want to go out and see your girlfriend who you haven't seen in six months. And I think it's also important when you get into a relationship that you keep your other friendships around. And I think one of the mistakes I did make when we first started dating is I just wanted to spend time with him and get to know him because I loved him. But I think that my friendships did suffer in the beginning. Um, And my friends did tell me that. And very sadly, I, I no longer have those friendships and I've I've made new friends, friendships over the years. But yeah, I think that if I was perhaps older, maybe that wouldn't have happened. But it was, I don't know, I just wanted to spend time with him and get to know him. And So what did you think at the time when you started losing these friends? Well, I was sad, obviously, but... At the end of the day, I thought, this is the person that I want to marry. And if, if that's not something that, that they can accept, then I'm going to go my way. <laughs> really, that's kind of what it came down to. And I mean, the friends that I have now that I've met through, through various ways. So one of my really good friends is actually a childhood friend of B. Um, and I've met some wonderful friends through previous workplaces. And I also met Um, a really good friend through the ACT Writer Centre as well. So, you know, and it's not about, there's no bitterness there. It's just about people moving on, growing up and changing. Um, And so it's just, it's that really. But I think throughout it all, even though B and I are growing and changing, we have committed to doing it together. Rachel first started thinking about marrying B around two years into their relationship while they were both still at uni. Looking back on it now, I mean, I'm not going to speak on behalf of the couples. I'm not going to judge them. If people want to get married young, you've got to do what's right for you and you do what you think is right. But for back then, all I thought was, I want to get married. I want to have a wedding. I want to go on a honeymoon. I want to have a house. Didn't want children. I just wanted that whole part. And looking back on it now, I'm happy that we've waited till this point. Um, I would say, why won't you ask me to marry you? And he would say, 
We're in our early 20s. I feel like there's so much more we need to experience before we take that step. And we have. So we've gone traveling. We've done so many things that have helped us grow as a couple. And I think that when we do end up walking down the aisle next year, it's going to be so much richer because of all the things that we've experienced together. So it's kind of like that journey in coming to the ceremony. It'll just be a really nice way of reflecting on all of those things we've shared. Um, I am happy that we, we've waited till now to do it. When couples give their wedding vows, they usually speak to what the other person means to them, what they bring to their life and why they've chosen to make this commitment. When I asked Rachel how she knew B was the one, she said firstly that they complement each other. She also added that he's always there for her. I always felt if something was ever wrong, he was always the first person I would turn to, the first person I would ask to help me or to listen. And I think that is, you know, I can't really imagine life without him now because we've been together for so long. And I mean, it's not just that, it's that he has been such a huge support in my life um, and he's been an amazing partner and I really couldn't imagine going forward in life without him by my side. Do you think that he's seen the best and the worst of you? He's definitely seen the worst. <laughs> definitely seen the worst. But yeah, he's also seen me at my best. Yeah, he's, he's seen both sides. He, he knows everything. I'm pretty much an open book, so. There's no surprises there <laughs> anymore. As college sweethearts who met in their late teens and have spent their early 20s together, Rachel and Bea have each grown up and changed as people. But I was curious whether Rachel had also changed herself in any way for Bea. She gave an emphatic no. I was always of the belief that if I have to change for someone, you are not the person for me. I grew up with a lot of people wanting to change me, wanting me to be different, wanting me to be someone else. And I always thought that if I changed, they'd like me more or I'd have more friends or I'd be just a better human. Um, and I guess when it came to having the relationship to be, I was just I was just at the point in my life where I thought, if you cannot accept me exactly how I am, this is not going to work. So I'm 100% myself because that was my belief. How can, I, how can I spend the rest of my life with someone pretending to be someone that I'm not? That's exhausting. You don't want to be doing that. So no, so, so definitely of the belief you need to accept me how I am, <laughs> otherwise this won't work. And I've also said that to him, 100% be who you are and even showing all of those flaws and complexities about ourselves, we still love each other, you know, despite all those things. So you'd been talking about getting married for some time. When did the proposal actually happen and how did it happen <laughs> i was talking to a friend about this last night i always get awkward when people ask me <laughs> um so probably in 2014 b had said to me if i was going to buy you an engagement ring do you want to be a part of the process and it wasn't that i thought he would do a crap job it was just that i thought here's an opportunity for us to do something together 
And I said, yes, I'd definitely like to be part of it. So we went to a jeweler and we tried on all the different rings and we picked the design that I, that I have on now. Um, and basically I just said to him, I want a sapphire, um, but let's, let's negotiate the style. I said, because there was one that I really liked that he didn't like. And he said to me, but it's your ring. And I said, but if you look at it and every time you think, oh, like, why did we buy that ring? I don't want that. I want you to look at it as a timeless piece of jewelry that will last throughout the ages that we can both say 20 years down the track, that was still a good decision. So I waited about a year after we got the ring sorted and I was certain it was never going to (laughs) happen. I thought to myself, he didn't purchase the ring. It's never happening. And I was actually at the Romance Writers of Australia conference in Melbourne with my friend. And we were walking down the street to the conference and I'm like, he's never going to propose. Like, I'm never going to see that damn ring. And that night when I got home, I had had not a lot of sleep. I was walking around, getting ready to go to the shower. And so I was walking around with a t-shirt and just my underwear on and I'm walking around and I was kind of all over the shop and I said, oh, I need to call my mum. And he came into the study room and he stopped in the doorway and I'm like, what, what, what are you doing? I need, I need to call my mum. And then he started saying things like, I'm really proud of you. <laughs> you've, you've done so much with your life. Like, I, you know, I, I love you for everything. And I just stood there and I said, what the hell? talking about why are you talking to me like this and that's when he got down on on one knee and I started waving my hands in front of my face and I was like let me see the ring <laughs> let me see the ring so he opened it and there's, there's a ring in there and of course I said yes because I'd been waiting for that for a year um and so pretty much what happened was that night I called my parents and he called his parents and we called the people very close to us to let them know and then we just we let it settle for a, for a day or two because I just wanted to I just wanted it to be our thing for us to know and then he insisted on on sharing it all so like by putting a post up on Facebook so we did that and yeah so that was so he proposed to me in August 2015 mm. and we're getting married in April 2017 so given that you write romance and you read a lot of romance um, I don't know if you had certain thoughts on how the proposal might happen but what did you think of the way that it did happen I thought it was really nice and the thing that I liked about it is that we are both pretty uncomplicated people with simple taste I would have been so embarrassed if he had taken me to a restaurant and done a huge big thing Um, if he'd made a big scene out of it that's not what our relationship is we are very we we love each other and we celebrate successes together but that wasn't it it was such a it's such a private thing and I'm really happy that he respected that it was something just between us we didn't need an audience we didn't need people watching I didn't need people cheering it was perfect the way it was and he even said to me afterwards he said if I had taken you to a restaurant or I'd taken you to a rooftop or we had like a violinist playing you would have known something was up and it's true because I'm like a sniffer dog. Like I, I can smell that, that, that kind of stuff out. So I'm really happy that he did that way because it, it's our story and it was just between us and it was private and it was simple and that's the taste that we have.
As one might expect, Rachel took the lead on organising her wedding. I'm very organised and I like to control things like this. She insisted that theirs was going to be a small, simple event. It's going to be something very simple with close family and friends. So pretty much all I've organised to date, I've put the deposit on the venue, I've sent out the invites, I've got my dress organised, uh, B Goody suits last weekend. Um, one of my awesome bridesmaids is making the cake for us and I just thought everything else in between will kind of fall into place in the lead up. So everything's just been really very simple to do, to organise. It hasn't been much of a stress. When you want to make your special day as perfect as possible, it's easy to get carried away, especially when it comes to things that cost money. Rachel, however, seemed to have approached her wedding expenditure very practically. We're building a house next year, so we did try to keep costs low, but we also identified things that we simply didn't need. And we're only inviting around 45 people to the wedding, so it's going to be very small. So you did mention that you're trying to save up for, for the new house. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting, though, that given you've always wanted to get married and, you know, um, have a house together and all this sort of stuff, that you should be having such a simple wedding. When I was little, I wanted a big wedding and I wanted a big dress and I wanted everything big. And then I grew up and I got a job and I had to start paying bills and... That happened. And then, like, I guess the thing is that B and I, as a couple, are not complicated. We don't, we don't have fancy cars. We don't go out and spend heaps of money on going out to dinner. We don't drink fancy wine. Like, we, our tastes are so simple. And I thought me going out and getting a huge, you know, $3,000 dress or having the wedding at some big venue and inviting a whole bunch of people we probably don't really want there, what's the point of that? And it's also putting things into perspective as well. If we spend more money on the wedding, that's less money that we can use towards furnishing the house or doing a feature wall or the honeymoon and that kind of thing. So when you do get older and have all of these things happening at once, it's definitely about priorities. And because we do have simple taste, I just wanted a simple country wedding that was nice where everyone could just have a party and we could all just have a really good time. So why was it important to you that you and B get married? So my mum always wanted me to get married. I am the youngest of three kids and I'm the only girl. Um, and I think that she just wanted to be involved in the process, um, which is fine. Um, but I guess it seemed like the, le- the next logical step in our relationship. But also because I have been to weddings I think they're beautiful I think they're amazing they're so nice to attend and I thought I really want a day where we can celebrate with the family and friends that we love celebrate our love that we that we have together and that's why I wanted to do it I guess um the other thing is so my parents have been married for a really long time and they have a really good relationship I never saw them fight when I was younger they they were always each other's rocks and I wanted that for myself. So that I guess that that's kind of also been a been a driving factor is because I, I want that 
that partnership that they have. And in my mind, for me, that was getting married and getting the house and, and yeah. And you've never seen your parents fight? No. My, it's actually quite funny because my mum is like me, a little bit anxious, um, super organised, likes to, likes to know everything and plan everything. My dad is pretty easygoing and B and I, and B and I so I'm just like my mum and B, B is a lot like my dad, very easygoing. And I think that those personalities do complement each other. Um, so, yeah, if, if I was dating someone who had the exact same personality as me, that would not end well <laughs> because I like to be right and I like to to plan things and I like things to go in a certain way and B's happy to go with the flow. I mean, he does, he does have his opinions, obviously, but I think that that's where we, we do complement each other. Do you and B ever fight? Well, we have heated discussions about topics, but not – I could probably count on one hand the amount of fights that we've had. And I don't think – like even then I don't even think that they're fights. They're just – we have heated arguments about topics, but I I imagine fighting to be screaming and throwing insults at each other, and we don't do that. We tend to talk things through, and I think that's important. Because if you don't, then it can turn into a fight. And I don't like confrontation. <laughs> so I know that you've picked out um, two songs in particular for the wedding. Yes. Um, one to walk down the aisle to and another as the first dance. Can you tell me what those are? So the song that we want to walk down to down the aisle to oh, down the grass too, <laughs> is Hold My Hand by Jess Glynn. And then we would like our first dance song to be Better Place by Rachel Platten, which is a nice country song. And why did you choose those two songs? The thing that I like, so the first song, Hold My Hand, uh, is basically just coming together, committing, that's what it means to me. And so we've decided that we're going to walk down the aisle together. Um, I don't want to be given away. So we've decided that we'll meet in the house and we'll walk down to the song Holding Hands. So the coming together, the commitment that we're making to each other and the first the first dance song by Rachel Platten, um, she's basically saying the world's a better place since you came along. And it has been. So since I've met him, I don't feel like I'm lost anymore. I feel like I, I have someone who is always going to be my cheerleader and always support me. And it's, it's definitely a song that rings true for both of us. So when we came to choosing the songs, he actually suggested the Rachel Platten one and I suggested the Hold My Hand one. So we've both been eagerly listening to what's out there. Um, and he's, yeah, we've both played a very active role in how we want the songs to contribute to the ceremony and the reception. You said that you don't want to be given away. Mm. Can you talk more about that? <laughs> uh, well, I just don't want to be given away from my father to another man because I guess that's how it was done in history. And so that's not what what, what our relationship is about. Um, 
I think it's beautiful when I th- when I've been to weddings and fathers have given their daughters away, but that's not something that's not right for me, and that's not right for us. I, I thought about having both my parents walk us down the aisle, and I thought, no, I really, for me, it's much more significant us both walking down the aisle together because we're walking together and we're coming into this together. It's two separate entities, two individual people who have come together and decided that this this is what we're going to do. I thought it would be nice for him to see me in the dress walking down the aisle, but then I thought it would actually be, mean so much more to me if he saw me first before any any of the guests. So what we've decided to do is we'll meet in one of the one of the places where we're staying and he will see me and I'll see him and the photographer is going to take some photos and then we'll walk down together and then everyone else can see us. In learning the deeply held intentions behind every decision Rachel has made about her wedding, I was impressed by how she wasn't simply following the traditional template and doing things simply because they're expected and are the norm. In talking about this, Rachel explained that you have to approach your wedding from the perspective of not trying to fit a mould or to please other people. You have to do precisely what's right for you. It's not about trying to fit in to what society expects from you or to what your, even your parents think you should do. Because at the end of the day, it's not about society. It's not about your parents. It's not about the people who think you should do things a certain way. It's about you two. And it's about doing what we want to do. I don't want to be given away. I want to walk down the aisle with him because we're walking into this commitment together. I want a simple wedding. I wanted a simple dress. It doesn't all have to be over the top. And, and you know what? To each their own. If you, if you want to do those things, that's great. You've got to do what's right for you. I'm wholeheartedly of that belief. And that's what's right for us. How do your family feel about the way that you've designed your wedding? Oh, they're fine. They're, they're, they are totally fine. I think my mum was a little sad that I said we were walking down the aisle together. But she definitely respected the decision when I explained it to her as to why I wanted to do that. Um, she's been very involved with everything, so so it's not, not really an issue. But as I said, at the end of the day, you've got to do what's right for you. If you piss off a couple of people, well, you know, that's their problem. is one of those typical milestones that people often expect will be followed by starting a family. At 26, Rachel is in no rush to have kids and says the subject isn't on her and B's radar at the moment. She's enjoying her freedom and right now has other priorities, such as getting her beauty business going. She knows secondhand, however, the pressure that brides can feel. So I have a friend who, when she got married, I think back in 2014, as soon as she got married, people were saying to her, when are you having children? And she was saying, hold up everybody. Just because I got married doesn't mean I'm going to get pregnant right now. Like, you know, and it's like B said, we don't have to do everything all at once. We need to experience life. And 
if you want to get married and have kids straight away, awesome. That's great. But that's not something that that we want to do. We want to get married, get the house, get another puppy <laughs> and live life a little. And then and then when we're ready, we'll revisit the, the children idea, the children topic. Yeah. So where do you see yourself in 10 years time? Um, 10 years. Well, God, 10 years. <laughs> Well, living in our in our new house, I want to have two Cavalier King Charles Spaniels, this one, and hopefully a little a little tricolor. Um, I'd like for my my little business to be up and running, and then, well, if it's ten years, maybe maybe one child. I don't. Yeah, that's that's too far for me to think. <laughs> Oh, and of course, in that 10 years, like B will still be there, not just me with my calves, me, the calves, maybe a child and, and B. So that would have been a nice way to wrap things up, but Rachel's story doesn't end here. As you've just heard, as of November, Rachel's wedding seemed on track to coming together in April. But you know what they say about best laid plans. I caught up with Rachel a second time, two and a half weeks out from her rescheduled wedding day. We talked through the major changes and I asked her why her wedding plans had to change. Basically what happened was um, we're building a house and we've got the wedding um, and basically those are just two very big financial commitments that happening at virtually at the same time is not ideal. She went on to talk about the add-ons that she and B wanted to make to their house and how this created a new major expense. That obviously meant that we needed to downsize the wedding quite considerably so we could actually make some savings there because this is what adulting is like. You have to make decisions that you don't really want to make. So we've changed venues and we had to explain to our bridal party that unfortunately we just could no longer afford to, you know, go out and buy suits and dresses and makeup and hair and and all that kind of thing. So um, it's just really been scaled back, the whole thing. It's still a very, very small wedding. Um, we've just basically sliced the whole thing in half to make it as simple and as cheap as possible. Rachel and B were originally going to get married at Lake Krakenbach in the Snowy Mountains. B had spent a lot of time in the Snowy Mountains growing up, and he'd really wanted to get married there. Nevertheless, in the process of cost saving, they moved the wedding to a different venue. Because we really wanted a, a still a venue that had a very rural theme to it, we actually ended up going back to where we had our engagement party, which is Four Winds Vineyard out in Murrum Bateman. It is an absolutely beautiful venue, and I know one of the, the owners quite well. Um, and she was amazing in, you know, I was having my complete another breakdown about this whole thing, and she was amazing, had everything locked in within a day. Um, still that very rural feel. They've also built a small wedding chapel out of some recycled material that they have, so it's going to be it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be a lovely wedding. The venue is amazing. We're going to get some beautiful photos. I am very happy with, you know, um, it was a bit of an emotional roller coaster to getting to this point, but I am very happy with 
where we're kind of heading now for the day. So you've changed venue and you're no longer having a bridal or a groom party. Um, I don't know what the groom side of it's called. What do you what, what Gr- do you call it? What's it called? The the groomsman. Groomsman. Yeah, groomsman. Yeah. Okay, so you're not having groomsman. There's no bridal party, and also the catering is completely changing. Like the menu completely is changing. Different. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So in terms of the bridal party, we still want everyone obviously to have a part in the day, but as it is now, it will just be B and I standing up there. Um, and getting married, just the two of us. We're still planning on walking down the aisle together, so that'll still be, you know, some, something nice that we we can do just us. Um, the food is amazing. We're going to have wood-fired pizza, platters as well, which will have, like, cold meats and some crackers and cheese and that kind of thing, and then just their award-winning wine, which, you know, we've got a lot of people there that enjoy a nice glass of wine, so, yeah, it'll be perfect. So previously, was it sort of the traditional chicken or fish kind of option? We hadn't yet figured out exactly what we were having, but it was going to be a sit-down dinner of an entree and a main and then the dessert. Um, This is much more relaxed. There's going to be no seating plan. People can mingle however they want. We're going to have our own little table just for us that we're going to decorate with um, an R and a B that light up. And that's basically so... We have a table where we can go out and mingle. We can come back. Our food and our drinks will still be there. And, yeah, it's just a little bit a bit more of a relaxed atmosphere so people can kind of enjoy themselves. And if they want to get up and dance at 7 o'clock, do that. That's fine. Yeah, not restricting people. I just want them to have fun. One change that's unrelated to cost is the song that you're going to be walking down the aisle to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so originally we had thought of Jess Glynn, Hold My Hand. It's a really upbeat song, a great song, and I still do love it. But I guess given all of the emotions that I went through, it was quite an emotional impact on me having to change venues, saying to my bridal party, we just can't afford it. You know, that, that broke my heart having to have those conversations with my family and my closest friends. Because even at the end of the day, I know they'll still be there for me, but, you know, that's... I just felt awful about it and I guess kind of coming into this things sort of changed a bit for me sort of emotionally and I guess I wanted a song that sort of better reflected that time and so the song that we've now picked is called I Will by Kirsty Lee Ackers. She's a country singer. I believe she's Australian as well Um, but it's just this really beautiful song about how uh, she wrote it for her husband apparently how you know she promises that she will do these things and it's just this really beautiful song that we can kind of walk slowly up the aisle to. Um, B was a bit concerned that it was a little bit too slow but we've we've compromised and we'll walk up the aisle up, up the aisle to that song and then when we pronounce husband and wife we will have a really really upbeat fun song to kind of like you know bring the bring the mood up. So speaking of um bringing the mood up and other kind of happy developments something else that you've decided to do since we last spoke was that you and B are going to get matching tattoos. Yes so um B has always wanted to get a tattoo but for, for many many years and I it's not that I was against the idea I was just more this is permanent and you wouldn't want to wear a pair of jeans for the rest of your life every day until you die but I guess I've kind of I have come to the conclusion now that you know you only live once 
And it won't be, you know, I'm getting his name tattooed on me. No way, not doing that. That's not really our, our style. But what we've decided to do is we're going to get something that means something to us. And then we're going to get um, our wedding date in Roman numerals put underneath our, our tattoos. So he's planning on one on his shoulder and I, I'm planning on getting mine on my spine. Something that we can share, that we can tie together. So, you know, other people may look at it and think, oh, you know, two totally different, but it kind of has a bit of a meaning. So he's going to have a moon in his and I'm going to have a sun in mine. So it'll be nice. It'll sort of like pair together because the sun and the moon are like yin and yang. And what do the sun and the moon represent for you? The moon, well, I've looked it up. It means emotions. And the sun, I guess, is like looking forward. It's it's like the light after the dark. If you've been through a really hard time or you've struggled, I mean, that that's kind of where you look. You look to the light to kind of guide you through whatever journey you're you're going through at that point and so yeah I think that's a really nice sentiment and I think the nice thing is we're getting it in places that won't necessarily be seen by other people so you know I I'm getting it in a very very discreet place I don't have to show it off to people if I don't want to because it's you know it's for me it's for us so yeah and you only live once and this is going to be your first tattoo yes both of our first tattoos yeah and how do you feel about that? Like, are you are you worried? Well, I'm crapping myself because <laughs> a it's gonna hurt like a bitch. B it is it's forever. Well, they'll be forever and they'll be permanent, just like your marriage, hopefully. Exactly. <laughs> well, we do hope so, right? <laughs> mm. So this was two and a half weeks from the new date of Rachel and B's wedding. I asked Rachel how she felt now that we were this close to the big day. Well, I tried my dress on on Saturday uh, and I broke the zipper and the lady who did the alterations is in Hawaii at the moment, but she's coming back next week. So we'll have a week essentially to fix the zipper. I mean, I'm happy that it happened then and not on the wedding day, but I just thought, oh my God, like out of everything that could happen, like just what, why now? Um, so yeah, how, how am I feeling? Well, I'm just, I'm looking forward to, because I guess with this whole change in changing venues and changing the whole, I guess, structure of the thing, we're now doing something that we're really happy with. We have decided that we want the food that we like. We want the music that we like. We're doing games that we like. And I think that kind of got a little bit lost in the process. Like I was, you know, people were suggesting so many things and saying, I want this, I want this. And I and I guess throughout the process, I was trying to please people. And I just kind of got to a point where I was like, you know, I'm busting my ass, working, getting paid, paying for stuff that I don't even know if I want. And I think now, like, it's, it's just better. Like I've We've brought, scoured it all back and I've gone, this is exactly what I want. So it's just going to be really relaxed and really casual and really true to what we are, which is, you know, very simple, simple taste and casual kind of people. So you're looking forward to the day? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes with all this sort of stress and all this kind of planning, some people just kind of can't wait for all the stress and the planning to be over. Yes. Um... In, yes, I, I can't wait for the stress to be over. That will be great. 
But on the other hand, I have put a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort into this wedding. I have just decided from now on, I'm just going to enjoy each day that comes. And, you know, if, yep, if my zipper breaks, whatever, we'll deal with that. If something else happens, that's fine. You just deal with that. Because I think that when I look back on this in 20 years, I don't want to look back on the time and think, God, that stressed me out. I want to look back on the time and go, no, I made the most of that time before and I really, really enjoyed the wedding and I didn't let things get to me. Okay. Yeah. So you're looking forward to being betrothed to be? Yes. Yes. I just want to wear my, um, we've got matching CrossFit rings. (laughs) So yeah, we'll have those to work out in. No, it'll be nice. Um, that piece of paper won't really change anything because we've been together for eight years. Uh, we'll still, you know, wake up in the morning. We'll still, you know, have our rituals. I'll still, you know, come home, still do the same things. But I mean, there's something nice and I've always wanted to get married about, you know, standing up in front of family and friends and, you know, making that commitment that's special to me. Rachel and B will be standing up there in front of their family and friends on the 31st of March. I'm wishing you both a long and happy life together. And I can't wait to meet your new puppy. Love Canberra is written, edited and produced by me, Ivana Ho. If you like what I do, please tell a friend the old-fashioned way or consider leaving me my first rating on iTunes. That helps others to discover the show. On the next episode of Love Canberra, Maria and Simon want you to know that love at first sight is real and possible. In my head was the, the voice that just said, you know, it's him. And I questioned myself in my own head, you know, him, who? And um, it was at that point that I realised, oh, my God, it's it's him. This is it. This is the one. That's next time on Love, Canberra. Thanks for listening.